You know we love spooky things. This is why we fell in love with Michigan-based Lynn B. Designs. When I popped the pumpkin spice all the things wax melt into my burner, my home was filled with a delicious buttery scent. Plus, there's the wide variety of a gorgeous nail polishes with themes like Hocus Pocus and Pleasant Peninsula. All products are vegan and cruelty-free, and you can find monthly sales on Facebook and Instagram at Lynn B. Designs. Head to lynnbdesigns.store today. Again, that's L-Y-N-B-designs.store. We love them. We love you. It's great nail polish. It's the best I've ever used. Thanks! Michiganders can be a superstitious bunch. We find all sorts of reasons to explain the world around us, sometimes pulling from science, sometimes tradition, and sometimes from our imaginations. What happens when we can't readily explain our experiences? And what happens when a ghost story gets out of hand? Do these legends stem entirely from fantasy? Or are people seeing things no one could truly explain? I'm Krista K. Coburn. And I'm Kay Gray. Welcome to Haunted Mitten. of Mackinac Island. There's no way we would have been able to cover everywhere in just one part. It would have been a three hour long episode. And now that I have the second book in Todd Clement's Haunts of Mackinac series, it would have been like five hours. And neither of us have the patience or attention span for that. (laughs) So, oh well. Maybe we'll have a part three. There very well might be a part three, but not not like not right now not right now folks sorry yeah. that's okay we have a lot of places to explore tonight so let's get started last time we spoke about the history of Mackinac's forts and the rifle range attached to it but we didn't really get into any of the strangeness people experience at the forts themselves beginning with fort Mackinac, there seems to be a myriad of activity all over In the guardhouse, cold spots are felt even in the middle of sweltering summers. And yes, it does get pretty hot and humid up there. Yeah. Uh, MyFenton.com says, quote, Many visitors have said they detect feelings of sadness and apparitions of phantom limbs, end quote. The guardhouse was the first makeshift jail for the fort, and it includes The Hole. Yeah. Great name. Uh, Which is always a fun time, no matter which prison it's at. (laughs) <laughs> this, this is oftentimes the name for solitary confinement, like at Eastern State Penitentiary. I'm yep. Probably a lot of listeners familiar with that. And Joan St. John says that a rumor claims that a skeleton was found in the guardhouse's black hole. And now people report a spine chilling feeling. I do remember visiting that. Um, I mean, it certainly didn't look hospitable. <laughs> <laughs> no. I really. didn't want to go in. <laughs> no. Hospitals are haunted as hell. Ask any staff who work the night shift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the hospital inside Fort Mackinac is no different. Several books and websites reported feeling the sickness when they stepped inside. Phantom limbs have been captured in photos, as well as full apparitions, and people have smelled the death and decay still lingering. Gross. Yes. <laughs> Again. I did not experience any of these things, but I will have to ask my husband. He's more sensitive <laughs> that, to stuff than I am. 
I was going to say, he's the one that always feels the things, so. Yeah. And he's more likely to, to see things as well. I will sometimes hear things. Crazy wisdom, yeah. thanks. Um, and smell things every once in a great, great while. But... Yeah. But no, things like to mess with Greg. He does invite it. I mean, look at all the way he's dressed. <laughs> wow. Wow. No goth shaming. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a few of the officers' quarters are also said to be haunted. Shocker. Uh, we spoke a little about the cows in the first episode, Lieutenant Calvin and his wife, Mary. Their infants, Josiah and Isabel, died at five months and one year. Josiah of gastrointestinal disease and Isabel for causes unknown. Because life be like that. Yep. Babies just kind of die. Yeah. Especially back when, back in the day, I will yeah. say. Um, these two are said to haunt the hill quarters. Crying babies can occasionally be heard. Furniture gets moved around and phantom lights can be seen in the upper windows from the room the children once lived in. Yeah, so there might still be kiddos. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, any story with children. Any story it's with like, kids, yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Stone Quarters has its own reputation for the strange. The house competes with the Biddle House for the oldest building in Michigan, built in 1780. It's like, they're like months apart, I have, but no one knows exactly mm -hmm. when. These days, it serves as a tea room and a kid's quarters where children can learn about the history of the island in an interactive and fun way. Every evening, the toys are put away, of course, but they don't seem to stay that way. In the morning when staff arrives, toys are often scattered around the floor as if they've been played with all night. This info comes from Haunt of Mackinac by Todd Clements. Quick aside about the tea room. Yeah. Don't expect much. Oh. Like, the tea was disappointing. For a place oh. that calls itself a tea room, I expect tea. I do not <laughs> expect someone to bring me a dish of, like, two or three kinds of Lipton tea bags. Oh, not okay. Like, that is that is not a tea room, my friend. No, that's not a tea room. I was offended. I did yeah. work for Crazy Wisdom at the time, too. and I, So I was really excited about a tea room, and it's no. Oh. It is a great yeah. tea. Terrific coming tea. From, coming from Ann Arbor that that had the, the Crazy Wisdom tea room and tea house. Yes. <laughs> Correct. We have had two beautiful. Now we have continued to have one fantastic yeah. tea room. Um, yeah, I was like angry oh <laughs> and like the food wasn't worth the price so oh cool, cool well place but maybe don't eat there <laughs> ouch yeah okay. i don't i want to badmouth things but honest review it was lipton tea bag come on maybe guys. maybe they've changed like, maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> oh chapters okay. get on that <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean, it was just, like, a Lipton tea bag, and I think I had, like, a chicken salad sandwich, and it was not worth the money. Great view, though. Seriously, great view. You're at the fort. Oh, my God. Wonderful okay. view. Well, oh you pay well. for the You pay for the view, I guess, is you what pay, I'm You pay for the view and the fact that I think that you're on Mackinac. Like, yeah. yeah. You're supporting the fort. Yep. And, it, you know, it's tourist. It's a, it's a tourist place. It's... Right. Yep. Yep. So, if you happen to be awake around dawn, and why would you... Unless you're like me and you just don't sleep. Uh, you may experience the flute of the ghostly piper. 
On some misty mornings, the apparition of a piper up on the North Sallyport can be seen playing his fife. And even if you don't see him, you may still hear him. Yeah, no, I won't be awake, so just I'm never going to experience this. And that's fine. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, like the only reason, why would I be at the fort at dawn anyway? But (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Um, Why would you be there at dawn? But, you know, if I were down down below in one of the B&Bs or something. You'd hear some yeah. ghostly piping from the fort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. That'd be, that'd be cool. <laughs> All right. So I'll be honest. The thing I remember most about the Grand Hotel is that there's a dress code. And if you mm-hmm. do not meet it, you do not get to visit. Yep. <laughs> I did find it a little ridiculous to require certain kinds of clothing especially in the middle of summer but it's not like i will be affording to stay there anytime soon so yeah it is yeah, not it was, for me you couldn't if you're a lady well i don't think gentlemen could either you couldn't sh- um bare your shoulders no no sleeveless no spaghetti strap correct you hussies i know because guess what i was wearing it was hot as hell oh yeah it's so humid you're literally surrounded by water yeah um yeah i mean these are the kinds of rules i remember growing up like going to church <laughs> like, yeah these were church dress codes um and they also charge you to walk the front porch now which i also am annoyed by but i understand they need a lot of money this place needs a lot of money for upkeep it's it's, um, it's quite a lot of money to keep a place that gigantic yes and that decadent up i get it but still yes when Good i was God. younger when i like eight or something i can't remember um, when we went there, you could still go on the porch. You could go inside. You just weren't allowed to go to the private areas, of course, if you weren't a guest. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it was beautiful. It has all those, the rocking chairs that you can sit in. Yeah. Um, there's a bar up in like the cupola or something. Okay. Um, you could go up there and get drinks. Um, we were the, we, and so we went up there, we were the elevator, we went up and we were the only people in there. So we were just chatting with the bartender. Oh yeah, and, and he made like Shirley Temples for me and my brother, and he gave us um, the the cherries were skewered by the little plastic swords. Yeah, and we thought that was just the coolest thing ever, and so we were sword fighting with them. And when they broke, the bartender just gave us more. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, you can't you can't do that anymore. Oh, um, unless you pay. Sad. Yeah, All right. but it's it's neat. Like if you wanna wander around i don't know if it's just the front porch you pay for if you're still allowed to go inside and wander we did go to one of the guest floors because honestly there's nothing stopping you Uh, because my father wanted to check them out um and we were not impressed (laughs) this was the 90s this is a while ago guys yeah 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 yeah. um i've Um, seen i've seen recent pictures inside and it looks absolutely gorgeous but yeah, the room we kind of peeked into because there was a door open and there was someone laying on the bed and we were like, oops. Um, <laughs> it was orange. The walls were orange. Yeah. Like Halloween pumpkin orange. Yeah. Um, it looked very 1970s. Cool. And there was a, a window air conditioner rattling away. Oof. Okay. Yeah. So that was the Grand Hotel in the 90s. And that is why they charge you to go on the front porch now because they have, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so... The Grand Hotel opened in 1887 and reportedly only took 93 days to complete, which is insane. Yeah, that's, wow. That's fast. That would be fast now. Uh, You would would need a lot of, like, an army of workers, which they probably have. An army. Yeah, right. 
Um, according to historichotels.com, quote, the hotel's 600-foot front porch soon became the primary meeting spot for anyone on Mackinac Island, especially for island romantics who referred to it as the flirtation walk. That's adorable. It's also the longest porch in the world. Yeah, it's pretty long. Like, you really could. It's pretty long. I totally understand why people went there to just walk it, because it is very long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, in fact, when we were there, uh, my parents wanted to wander around, and my brother and I didn't. Uh, so we just sat and rocked in the rocking chairs. And uh, there was, like, a young single guy there who was just talking to us, which now I feel like would be super sus, but at the time was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Times have changed. Yeah, and he was telling us how when he was younger, um, his he and his parents and siblings would stay at the Grand every summer. Um, and now Dang. he cannot afford that. So he comes and just sits on the porch. And there was someone was being interviewed, like a local politician or something. Um, so they just kept walking up and down the porch. Yeah. <laughs> it was the, the person being interviewed, the woman interviewing him, and then the camera okay. guy. And yeah. they just kept walking back and forth in front of us. But it was such a long porch that like, it took several minutes for them to walk by us again. Right. <laughs> Never did figure out what that was about, but yeah, I we just know. watched yeah. them. But yeah, it's an interview. I can absolutely see people in their fineries, just arm in arm, walking up and down this porch. Yeah, it's. I know it's the flirtation walk. Yeah. It's where it's, you it's go to walk big. with your sweetheart. It's that big. It's that long. You could absolutely do that. I yeah, can picture it perfectly. <laughs> and if the Grand sounds familiar to you, it's probably most famous for being in the Jane Seymour movie Somewhere in Time. Yeah, it is. Which is how actually when I lived in California, a few people did know of Mackinac Island because of this yeah. movie. They called it oh, Mackinac. Yeah. That's fine. I corrected them. They didn't know. It's okay. No, exactly. They didn't know. <laughs> um, but the movie was filmed on Mackinac Island and has both Seymour and Christopher Reeves. Uh, there are several places on the island that you can take photos in that were used in the filming. I believe they have like markers. Um, there are markers on Google Maps. You can make a day yep. of it. Yep. In 1957, the Grand Hotel was designated a state historic building. In 1972, the hotel was named to the National Register of Historic Places. And in 1989, the hotel was made a National Historic Landmark. It's one of the first things you see coming over on the ferry from the mainland. And it's it's truly majestic. It yeah. is impressive. Oh, yeah. If you could get on that front porch, do it. I used to know how to sneak onto it, but they have since cut off that avenue. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Yeah, I know. Yeah. They want their money. They got wise. The Lady in Black is one of the main reports of ghostly activity to come from the Grand. According to Todd Clements, quote, in 1891, a woman dressed in black clothing with a veil concealing her face visited the hotel. She was accompanied only by a footman and a maiden waiting. She only left the confines of her suite three times per day at 8 a.m., 12 noon, and 7 p.m. to walk her large white Russian wolfhound. She was very secretive, never speaking a word, and no one seemed to know her true identity. The woman in black left as swiftly as she arrived. Some people reported a large black bird perched on the railing near the woman's room the day she departed. End quote. Now, guests have reported seeing a woman in black pass the windows of the dining room, walking a large white dog, only to watch it disappear before their eyes. Hmm. Interesting. I wish to meet her. <laughs> She screams vampire to me. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Other strange phenomena include phantom footsteps, of course, 
most mm-hmm. especially in winter when the hotel is closed for the season. Yeah. Faint voices and whispers. Doors opening and closing on their own. So you're kind of standard, I guess I would say. Yeah. A man in a top hat is seen in the piano bar. Then he disappears in a, quote, puff of cigar smoke and a lingering song, end quote, according to Jennifer Billick. So it's like, that's awesome. <laughs> Just disappears in a puff of cigar smoke and a lingering song. song. <laughs> Wonderful. That's like something that Greg would do. Um, Billick also says maintenance staff have seen a black shadowy, quote unquote, demon with glowing red eyes. And while doing a routine check in the theater or on the theater stage, a worker saw a black cloud with red eyes that rushed him and knocked him to the floor. He woke up in the hospital two days later and a young girl supposedly haunts the fourth floor. Clement says her name may be Rebecca and she might be the ghost of a girl who allegedly fell to her death from her hotel room window. She's usually reported as a friendly spirit and people have often gotten photos of orbs in the fourth floor hallway. Good Lord, the place is covered in spirits. <laughs> it's the kind of place that invites stories. Oh, I, sure. I mean, I said that about the island, but certainly the Grand Hotel. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a legend itself. Yes. And yes. so it invites other legends, be they just oral legends or be they like somewhat physical ethereal legends that literally show up. Like there's a giant black mass with red eyes. <laughs> Yeah. What is this thing? I feel like that, something like that shows up around the island in different spots, too. You know, I didn't make that connection, but I think you're right. Yeah. I, I never made that connection. I don't think yes. anyone has made that connection. I'm not sure. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, <laughs> we are going to talk about um, uh, fairy-like creatures later, so... And now, a word from our sponsors. A huge thank you to Chapters Tea and Coffee for sponsoring us this season. Their robust coffee and flavorful teas are keeping us going this busy spooky season. The Raven's Roast Coffee is perfectly roasted, incredibly smooth, and when I handed the first cup to my husband, he took a sip and a look of pure bliss came over him. Krista and her husband made the dream within a dream tea before bed, and they loved the well-balanced flavor and calming warmth of it. There are so many reasons to enjoy this brand. Chapters is local to Southeast Michigan. You can get all of their blends from drinkchapters.com. And they donate 5% of their net profits to Active Minds, the national leader for young adult mental health advocacy and suicide prevention. You'll fall in love with the art, the blends, the bookmarks. Do not wait to get your hands on these blends. Make the cold months warm and comfortable with Chapters Tea and Books. Again, that is drinkchapters.com. Thank you for sponsoring this season of Haunted Mitten. We leave the Grand now to head over to Mission Point and Mission Point Resort. As you might imagine, Mission Point, which is the whole southeast tip of the island, has a religious history. No No way. way. (laughs) Mission (laughs) Point, what? Reverend William M. Ferry founded the Mission School, later church, in 1825. It was built to help, you guessed it, the mission on Mackinac Island, bringing Christianity to the indigenous folks already living on Mackinac Island. According to Wikipedia, quote, a total of more than 500 Indian girls and boys, plus children of mission families, were educated at the school. The area was a peaceable gathering place for many tribes, with as many as 1,500 to 2,000 individuals trading and engaging in friendly companionship, end quote. 
The buildings and land went through many changes, but for the most part, it stayed a place for people to live and work and worship. Yeah, this was a thriving island back in the day. Yeah. This was like a central port. In the 1950s, is it Dr. Frank Buckman? I think it's Buckman. I think. I'm going with Buckman. Uh, he decided to build the MRA World Conference Center on the point. Uh, if you're like me and had no idea what the... Oh, I absolutely know what the MRA was. I, I wrote this for me. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so I had no idea what the MRA is. So will you please explain to me what the yeah. MRA is? <laughs> oh, the MRA is... I wouldn't say infamous, but kind of. It was started in 1938 when Europe was remilitarizing and calls for the remoralizing of people. Yeah. 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 That sounds... Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're... <laughs> Quote, four absolutes are absolute honesty, absolute purity, absolute unselfishness, and absolute love. It started as a Christian movement, no surprise, uh, but expanded to the faithful. That's what it, that's yep. what Wikipedia said. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's open to anyone, essentially, yeah. but it is Christian based. Right. Um, and when it started, they had good intentions. <laughs> this is what the, yes this is what everything seemed to explain was that when it started it it was like it was a more minus the purity thing we're just we're gonna leave that up for a second it sounds pretty good right honesty unselfishness love it sounds like they started with like good mm-hmm. intentions minus this whole purity and, and yeah and remember 1938 europe yeah yeah. Think think about that atmosphere. So it was yes. kind of anti all of that. Right. Um, they're currently called Initiatives of Change. They've I think they've gone through a couple of name changes. I can't remember, but they're still around. Yeah. Yes. The, um, the MRA moved to Switzerland in 1966, uh, but the buildings they used would become a large portion of Mission Point Resort. Uh, before that, it was Mackinac College that only graduated one class in 1970 before closing. Yep, it was open for four years. <laughs> yep. I would have loved to go to school there, but it's pretty remote. I get it. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine they had, you know, a lot of people cl- clambering to, <laughs> to go to this college. And and the time that you'd be going to school is basically the off season. Yeah. So the weather is pretty harsh. It sucks up there. Yeah. It's You're in the middle of, you're at the Lake's Mercy. You're, it's harsh. After that, Mission Point became a place for spiritual retreat for televangelist Rex Humbard and his congregation. Sweet. That didn't last long either. Nope. Not Really not a lot lasted here. No. <laughs> uh, but thankfully, the Mission Point Resort has. It's been there since 1972 and is still going strong as one of the best places to stay on the island. It's, it's pretty nice. And yeah, hopefully they can make it. <laughs> I mean, they made it so far. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing all right. The legend of Harvey has been popular since Mackinac College closed. It goes that Harvey, a student, dated another student and that he fell madly in love with her. She didn't return his feelings and broke off the budding relationship. Devastated, Harvey committed suicide at the point. But how is up to who's telling the story? Some sources say that he threw himself off the cliff at Mission Point. Others say he shot himself at the point or in the woods of the island. Supernatural Haunt says that Harvey's name was really Craig. As far as we can tell, this didn't happen, or at least didn't happen anywhere near as described. 
However, there may be an entirely different truth. In an article from Odyssey, quote, after reviewing the police report, Todd Clements and his team believe that the former student could have actually been the victim of murder, possibly at the hands of a jealous boyfriend who was dating the object of Harvey's affections. So there is a police report. This could be true. And it may be indeed actually way more sinister than the legend even says. Yeah. I, I couldn't find this police report. Yeah, I'd love that to get my hands much. on that. Yeah, I don't have access to pretty much anything beyond what the library has to offer. Yeah, and so. th- this would be something we might have to go up there for. And Yeah. Yeah. We would have to ask, like, yeah, the Mackinac Historical Society or something like that. Like, we'd mm-hmm. actually have to go up there and see it because, yeah, it's just... It, it is prohibitively expensive to research the past, it turns out. Sometimes, yes. Just have to have access to the right data free, open to the public databases. Yep. And I don't. So, <laughs> and, and a lot of things are not online. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. They're not archived yet. Yep. So, we're kind of spoiled in using the Ann Arbor Library because so much is archived there online. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so I don't know. It could have happened. If it did happen, it was most likely murder, not uh, suicide. <laughs> and as far as I know, there's only one. confirmed murder on the island and this is not it so but that as we said has not stopped something or someone from causing mischief at mission point harvey as we'll keep calling him because that's what everybody calls him yeah calls it Mm -hmm. um harvey's a prankster and has been seen in multiple locations around the point he likes to make messes and ruin the cleaning of the maintenance staff jerk i know He's been known to spread recently swept sawdust all over the floor to poke or pinch women in the points theater. And he's also known to jump into beds with guests of the resort. (laughs) Let us know if that's ever happened to you. And while he is the main spirit of the resort, others have been seen as well. Most especially soldiers marching back and forth on the point. Yeah. Again, there were two forts, Fort Holmes and the current one. Billick writes that a guest reported that once the lights in her room suddenly turned off and the bathroom door slammed shut. In the 1980s, guests complained to the front desk that shadowy figures were seen by their beds and in the hallways. Hallway doors have also been known to slam closed. Rude. Yeah, super rude. <laughs> I like that this spirit is basically like, were you born in a barn? And it just shuts the door. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you keep the doors closed and the lights off? We are saving energy here. <laughs> it's like my it's like my parents growing up. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Not paying to heat the, the outside. Exactly. <laughs> the, the MRA also made its mark on Pine Cottage, our next stop on our tour of Mackinac. The cottage itself has been around since the 1870s and has hosted guests since the 1890s. It hasn't changed much in its century plus life but it may have been the setting for a murder back in the 1940s. The story goes that a woman, that a woman was murdered at the cottage by a quote unquote large man and he was never caught. No one even knows his identity, but there are many versions of the story. It certainly adds an air of creepiness to the B&B. The MRA used it as housing for its members for a time, but for the most part, it's been an inn for guests on the island. Yeah, fun fact about the MRA. Glenn Close was raised in the MRA. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. she was. She also broke away from it and calls it a cult. (laughs) 
I would believe that. Yeah, she was not a fan. But yeah, Glenn yeah. Close, MRA, Mackinac Island. Good stuff. Huh. I don't know Crazy. if she's ever on Mackinac Island, but she right. was raised. I, yeah. She was raised in the MRA. And they, Interesting. Yeah, they would have been on Mackinac Island during her lifetime. Yeah, that was where their World Conference Center was. So, So yeah, she probably had been there. Plenty of sources name Pine Cottage as one of, if not the, most haunted location on Mackinac. The general consensus is that four entities reside in the cottage and that most of the activity happens in the fall. Oh, it's a great time of year. Right? Todd Clement says in Haunts of Mackinac that when the MRA sold the building, they warned the new owner that the building was haunted. And that was sometime in the 60s, 1960s. Yeah. The beings in the B&B are known by simple monikers, the creature, the man, the woman, and the girl. The creature is shaped like a man, but is hunched over and has horns or spikes going all the way down its back. It is said to have a quote-unquote misshapen face. Two of our sources, Haunts of Mackinac and Ghost Stories of Michigan, tell the story of one owner, Bob, who had a fight with his wife and went to another room to sleep. He awoke to the feelings of his blanket sliding off of him. The creature stood at the end of the bed, staring at him, holding the blankets. Needless to say, he quickly went back to his own room, regardless of how his wife was feeling. (laughs) I will take an angry wife over that. Yeah, I would. (laughs) I'd probably try to pull the blankets back, though. I know, I'd be like, stop. Stop this. (laughs) The woman is believed to be the murder victim from the 40s. The most documented experience with her was with Bob, former owner of the cottage, Dan Asfar writes that in the spring of 1962, then-owner Bob Huey was playing cards with his brother, sister-in-law, and one of the restaurant's cooks. Suddenly, they heard the front door creak open, then slam shut. Bob searched the house, but he found no one. The next day, while looking for a room for he and his wife, who had yet to arrive on the island, uh, to stay in, in for the summer, Bob entered room four, which was on the first floor. A woman with her hair tied up in a bun and eyes glowing red burst from the closet and rushed at Bob and disappeared out the window. Well, the top half of her did. There was nothing below her waist and she had appeared frightened. Bob was also frightened and he ran out of the house and down the street. Yeah, that would be startling. Poor Bob. To say the least. (laughs) Poor Bob. The woman has also been known to check on guests staying in more rooms than just four. So you don't have to stay in four, but you may. And she also seems to repeat different motions like a residual spirit might. If you're familiar with that. Yeah. So she, she, I guess the bursting out of the closet was a one-time thing, but she will do actions over and over again. Like residual ghosts are described as just kind of repeating one or two actions over so and over. Probably can't day. communicate with her. Yeah. The man is rumored to be the woman's killer for he appears as a very large figure. He likes to open doors, then slam them shut stomp down hallways, and occasionally shows up as a full, if dark, apparition. He also likes to stand over guests' beds at night, curses out loud in a masculine, coarse voice. And there, there's the most active spirit in Pine Cottage, that of a little girl. The rumor goes that her parents, heavy drinkers, left her behind when they moved to Detroit from Mackinac Island, which is fucking harsh. She is described in several sources as being blonde and blue-eyed and very... Very sad. She can be seen in the attic windows and in the cottage as a full body apparition, crying. When she asks what's uh, when she is asked what's wrong, she replies, 
Mommy, I want to come home. She is also thought to be the piano playing spirit at the connected hotel Chateau Lorraine. Isn't that, hasn't that story been proven false? I don't know. It's in the books. It's, it's in the books. Yeah. I, I, well, I might not have put it in the doc, but yeah, I found it in another book and, um, there's like basically no record of this ever happening. Oh, interesting. That part's not in the doc. It's just, it's documented in several of the. Yeah. It's, it's a very popular story. I will say. Um, I think Joan St. John gets into it in her book. Um, yeah, and so Todd Clements does, and then um, the other one. I want to say there was a story that like she had died on the island, and so the parents left because she was dead. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so you know why would they? But um, yeah, I can't remember what book I read that in, but that it's <clears throat> that story. It's as told is basically disproved. Oh, I didn't find that interesting. I wish I could remember what book that was in. <laughs> I thought I would I would have put it in the doc. I don't know. Interesting. Either way, that's a really sad story to keep telling. Yeah, yeah. Because like because who would leave their child behind? That seems very suspect. But if she passed away, right. then yeah, you would have. Yeah. If, even if they brought her body back, her spirit could still be there. Oh sure. Yeah. If, if what we accept of spirits is true. Right. But like, holy shit, what a sad story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So like delegate. I was just like, yeah. oh my god, I've got it. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we would like to take a moment to talk about a very popular and completely untrue legend, still making its round on the internet, the drowning pool. <laughs> this, this, when I first came across this, I was like, well, that's obviously not true. <laughs> yeah, I know. And other people are like, oh my gosh, really? I had no idea. I'm like, guys, no. So here it is from Click on Detroit. Quote, in the 1700s and early 1800s, seven women were accused of being witches. Back in those days, one of the methods used for determining if someone was a witch or not was to tie rocks to their feet and throw them into the water to see if they would float or not. If they sank, they were deemed innocent. The seven accused women were thrown into a lagoon on the island between Mission Point and downtown Mackinac, and all of them sank and drowned. Legend says the women haunt the waters to this day. Visitors report seeing mysterious splashing, shadows, and dark figures floating above the water, end quote. My God, this is not true. It's um, so incredibly no... not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's a few hundred years too late for this. Yeah. Um, a woman did drown in the pool in the 1970s, which is really fucking awful. But no, supposed witches were tested and drowned on Mackinac. However, people still see things there. Dark shapes in and around the water, women's voices whispering or crying. Um, it's still a spooky spot, whether or not those ghosts are, um, manufactured by us humans projecting Mm -hmm. or not. Um, I'm going to go with large fish. Sure. I I don't know if fish cry, but sure. Foxes. Are there foxes on the island? I don't know what lives on the island. I'm going to go with probably, but yeah, I don't know, actually. Lastly, we'd like to talk of the spirits that have inhabited the island since time immemorial, as an old professor of mine used to say. <laughs> that's how we, um, he was my professor of uh, Native American history, and that's how he started every story. That's, yeah, that's accurate. There are dozens of Native American legends about Mackinac Island, which should surprise no one. Uh, a lot of them are related to various rock and land formations around the island, most of which we haven't even gotten to. No. <laughs> And I that's... did. I only talked about like buildings and the rifle range. <laughs> I have not. I didn't yeah. even get into um, all of the rock formations. 
Uh, yeah, they're beautiful. Like that's why it's totally worth either taking the carriage ride or biking around. Um, yeah, if you're a more able-bodied hiking, but it, if you're hiking, you better be very able-bodied because it's your hike. You're gonna hike a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, here are just a few of the non-human, non-ghost entities you may encounter as you wander through the trails and woods. These come to us from Todd Clement's book Haunts of Mackinac. Once again, uh, the first are the dwarf fairies, as Clements refers to them. These little spirits, quote, live in every tree, knoll, flower, and rock on this island. The indigenous peoples of the area call them Putwajinini. Wait, I've also heard, was it Pukwudgi? Yeah. Is what Greg called them, but Putwajinini is what we have here. And yeah, they have a couple names, but if you've heard yeah. of Pukwudgi, that's what we're talking about. Um, it means it's little dancing people. And apparently they are mischief makers, especially towards humans. They seem to be confused by us and spend a great deal of time watching watching us, um, especially those that get lost on the hiking trails. They like to move rocks, branches, even trees and bushes, so that hikers who have turned who have turned around like to go back on their when you hike, you go to like one point and then come back. Um, mm-hmm. So hikers who have turned around to start heading back get even more turned around. This brings them great amusement. Even folks that live on the island seasonally or year-round have gotten lost in the woods. But don't worry, the island is not big. And if you do happen to become entertainment for the Putwajinini, heading in pretty much any direction will get you back to something familiar. Yeah, You will find water, don't worry. Yeah, keep following the shore, (laughs) you'll eventually find downtown. It's good. So even if there is now a tree where you don't remember there being a tree, keep walking. You'll, You'll get back, it's fine. Yep. There are lots of stories about them, too. Yeah. Um, Mission Point has stories about them. and Yeah. Yeah. They're just little troublemakers. They just, they love to cause, cause mischief for us humans. Because, mm-hmm. frankly, it's hilarious. I understand. Oh, yeah. I totally relate to the spirits. <laughs> and the second spirits we'll mention are the giant fairies. According to legend, Mission Point was originally a gathering place for the giant fairies. They were a race of giants, shock, that were turned into rock formations all over the island. Quote, the last time the giants were reportedly seen by human eyes was sometime in the 1800s. The last person to witness the giants' final gathering was a teacher at the Mission House School, end quote. He was sitting outside the school enjoying the end of a lovely day when giants came down from the hills of the island dressed in exotic feathers, capes made of butterfly wings, and gowns of unknown and beautiful materials. He was about to witness the last wedding these giants would ever hold. A giant flower came up from the ground to make the wedding tents. Huge fireflies lit up the night, and the giants danced and drank and had a merry time. But when the teacher saw the giants were running out of wine, he threw a bottle of his to them. It itself grew as hu- grew huge as it sailed through the air and scared the partygoers because someone just threw a bottle of wine at you. The giants were, of course, wary of the human, but they they told him they didn't usually let humans, quote unquote, keep their eyes after seeing them. But this was their last hurrah. So, ah, why not? Why not to let let the human join? Come on, buddy. He, he provided wine. He brought yeah. a gift. He did. So the teacher joined their revelry. They all danced and drank and partied. But as the night wore on, it started to rain. The giants ran from it, abandoning their wedding reception and escaping into the hills. Quote, the teacher screamed, a deluge, and woke to find himself lying in the grass near the water. 
There was no sign of the giants, no fireflies, no flower tent, nothing. End quote. However, there was a large number of empty wine bottles in the ground all around him. And what we can only assume was a very annoyed groundskeeper standing over him holding an empty bucket. The teacher sat on the schoolhouse porch for days after, watching, waiting for the giants to return, but they never did. However, they can still be seen on the island in the large rock formations and cliffs that dot Mackinac. How sad! Come back, giants! <laughs> that's, it's, that's a really unique kind of a... I don't want to say creature, but creature. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's um, a lot of different native myth involves the giants that used to live on the land. And mm-hmm. this is just another one of them. I think it's funny that he woke up to a groundskeeper pouring water on him. <laughs> <laughs> a deluge indeed. <laughs> yeah. And all those wine bottles. Hmm, who drank those? Oh, I wonder. It wasn't me, um, it was the Giants. <laughs> but, you know, um, I really would like to visit, so maybe I'll leave them gifts next time I do go to Mackinac. I'll leave, I'll leave like, some milk and honey or something. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll buy all the, like, so many rock formations, and they're all supposedly the Giants from this last wedding. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're going to leave you with for now. Um, we maybe got to a little over half of all the haunted places on Mackinac. I didn't even get to all of the buildings, let alone all of the natural spots on the island that are yeah. supposedly haunted. Yeah, several come to mind uh, <laughs> right now. So yeah, there will definitely be future yeah. future episodes. Um, go check out all the books we used for the episodes that will be up on our bookshop.org list eventually. I know one of them that I haven't used yet, which is Todd Clement's second book, uh, Haunts of Mackinac, the, last, the, the next chapter is only available to buy and i bought it from the island bookstore which is the bookstore on mackinac island which is only open may through october but i don't know how their online sales work if you can still purchase Mm, yeah in the off season i don't know about that because i bought it before the end of october yeah go check out those books because holy cow i seriously i didn't even get to half or the the one confirmed murder wasn't that the uh the uh, Flynn getting shot by Brown, or was there another one? No, there's another one. It's a oh. tr- it's an unsolved true crime. <gasps> Check out Patreon. Yeah, this will probably be Patreon. <laughs> I'll talk about it on the Patreon sometime. There's a lot of a lot of a lot of crime has happened here. Yeah, this is a great state. A lot of true crime associated with hauntings. Huh. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the patreon's for get in get so, into that side of it yeah absolutely so yeah that's all we've got for Mackinac for now i'm sure we'll be returning to it but like i said last time it would be an entire season of Mackinac if we if we just got into everything so go read mm-hmm. some books <laughs> yep. go read some books and if you'd like to uh keep up with us on social media we're on instagram twitter facebook Blue Sky at Haunted Mitten. Yep. I am at Krista K. Coburn. And K is at K. Gray Writes. Yep. In these same places. Yep. Our website is just hauntedmitten.com. Come check us out. It will have a list of upcoming shows, which it'll it'll be a few months, but keep an eye out. Yeah. Um, a link We're to our done merch. For the year. Yep. Thank goodness that was a long year. <laughs> Woo! 
But it was good. It was good. We love oh, everything that we're doing. We're just very tired. Yeah. O- October. I took like half of October off and I'm still recovering. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. It was so great to meet everybody this summer. Yes. Um, Absolutely. It's it's still a little weird to be recognized. It's very strange. I'm not used to that, but it, it's also really cool. Yeah. So it's, it's so awesome, definitely though. say hi. I, I love hearing from from our fans, which is so weird. Yeah. We have fans, but we have fans. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And yeah, thank you to to all of our patrons too. Like it it really helps helps us out with this because yeah. this is a labor of love, and labors of love don't pay well. Um, uh, turns out, nope. <laughs> say the yeah the many books I've written. Um, and <laughs> yeah, Patreon pays for our website currently, um, and hopefully for things like business cards and free stickers in the future, and hopefully some of our travel expenses during fall because we are traveling a lot. Yeah, we'll be doing more travels, more tables. Um, yeah, tabling, so you can come by and buy stuff. I make what I consider cheeky jewelry, <laughs> Michigan themed jewelry. It's very cute. Like there's, I have what I call the haunted mitten pendant and earrings, which is a little ghost charm um, with the state of Michigan. And um, I have the UP one, which is a bridge and a pasty. So cute. So come to our stuff next year. Buy our stuff. Thanks. Yeah. Come by and buy a little, (laughs) buy a little of haunted mitten. Or you can check out our merch store um, online, which has none of those things. We should probably open up an Etsy store or something. Yeah. It was, yeah. Well, (laughs) this, this next quote unquote down season which is like late spring, early summer, we'll be working on yeah, the 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 online portion of our yeah. <laughs> of the of the podcast. People have asked. Yeah. You've made your opinions known and we're doing our best to meet them. Yep. It's just uh so it's only two of us. So <laughs> Yep. Yeah. And we've got jobs, unfortunately. So we're working on it. I have multiple jobs, in fact. Yeah. Um so yeah, if you want to join the Patreon, it's just um, $1 gets you access, $3 gets you a little bit more, like the true crime, as we were saying. Yeah. Um, and we have some live shows on there, um, some of which oh, are yeah. available for a dollar, some of which are available for three. Yeah. And just goofy stuff that I've reported a lot of travels my husband and I have made, like yep. when we went out to investigate the Ada Witch that's up there. And yeah, keep an eye out for upcoming shows. Hell Yeah. Um, thank you to our sponsors, Lynn B Designs and Chapters Tea and Coffee. Um, it is the cold season when this comes out. It's the cold season when all of our podcasts comes out. So, you know, enjoy that. Um, you can have your hot drinks and then your hands can look fabulous while you while you do so. You can you can be holding your hot drink and you know that your nails will look just just fantastic. And you can have your little like your Wax, uh, wax melt burning. You can have some good scents going on. Yeah. You can you can use your bookmark from chapters. It's just it's we had some, we have some wonderful sponsors, um, and they are local to Michigan. So go check out those, please. And if you'd um, like to sponsor, let us know. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to sponsor us, we especially love having um, local artists and local and small business. So that would be great. Absolutely. And as always. Happy haunting. We're back here to talk to you about Lynn B. Designs. Not only do they have the best nail polish to rival even those most expensive nail polishes on you see on Instagram, but they have stickers, 
wax melts, shirts, everything cute and adorable and definitely ready for this fall season. So be sure to check out this vegan, cruelty-free brand. You will love them as much as we do. Check out Lynn B. Design's monthly sales. They are fantastic. I am going to go look at some right now. Thanks.